Hey guys, my name is Alex Cohan, and you are listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, thanks a lot for putting up with me screwing around with the feed. Um, you should see every episode of this wonderful podcast in its entirety, available for download, listen, all that fun junk. Um, for more info and more stuff, you can head on over to Lunchbox Radio. .tumblr.com, the like main hub blog, um, where this podcast will be posted and listenable, but also like articles I write or like figures that I think are cool from the figure collection board I run over on a app slash website called Snups. Um, you can find it all there. Um, but and I've, I'll put a link to that in the description below. But thanks a whole lot for, you know, supporting stuff and looking at stuff and liking stuff and listening and all that fun junk. Um, so, the thing we are talking about today, or tonight, oh, by the way, if you are on the East Coast and you are snowed in, good luck. The world is what the world is right now. There's like, there's like... Two feet, two feet of snow or some shit outside of my house. Um, I'm really lucky I have power right now, apparently. But that said, the thing we're talking about today is a show that everybody saw the preview for. And if you listen to the next episode, um, if you listen to the next time episode the prequel episode this Monday that came out this Monday, you'll hear most of the audio for the preview. Um, this The preview for the show came out and everybody was like, what is this show? This is bonkers. I mean, it's made by Kyoto Animation and I'm going to watch it, but it's bonkers. What the hell is this show? And that show is... Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid.
So, what is Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid? Basically, it is Kyoto Animation's very unique, bizarre, slight, adorable, absolutely freaking adorable, slice-of-life take on, like, the Monster Girl trend, which was... The Monster Girl thing wasn't started by Monster Musume, but lots of people think, and rightfully so, if you haven't seen Monster Musume, I'll probably do a show about that that at some point, because that show inspired me to write and give my panel on disability in anime, which at some point I'm sure I'll explain. Um, but... It's Kyoto Animation's take on the monster, on the quote-unquote monster girl genre, and it does it in a really slice of life way, and it does it 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 does something that slice of life does when it's at its best, in that it takes this world and it suggests something more but it makes you okay with not seeing more than it gives you. So basically the premise of the show is this like kind of lonely salary woman at some point gets ultra drunk as you do, wanders into the forest, and encounters this giant dragon. And this dragon is just, it hates humans, and it's got a sword in its side, but and the drunk, sourly lady in this case is Miss Kobayashi. And she kind of drunkenly helps this dragon out, passes out, and then somehow makes it back to her point apartment from the woods, which is interesting. But she, she just like she, she just kind of like passes out, thinks this whole thing is a dream, whatever. And then she gets up and she's like, "Oh, I have a headache, but I need to go to work." And she works as a she works as a programmer in a weird like nondescript software job, but um. So she gets up to go to work, and she opens up the door, and there's just this big dragon face staring back at her. And it just, like, breathes in and, like, blows the air into her, blows hot air into her face. Close the door, like, what the fuck? That, that, that's not real. What the fuck? And she opens the door again, and the dragon's there again, and she freaks out. But the dragon transforms into a dragon girl, which is basically this girl named Toru. The dragon's name is Toru. Um, and it is the it is a blonde, it's a blonde twin tails girl in a maid outfit with like Shenron horns on her head, like on each side, it's like a Shenron style dragon horn and a tail. And when I say tail, I mean like, how does this thing connect to this body tail? 
um, which co- that that comes into play as a joke later, which is hysterical. And Toru, this dragon, now dragon, now dragon girl, now dragon maid, but dragon girl technically, has fallen in love with Miss Kobayashi. And this show does a really great job of not skirting the issue of, well, did she admire Miss Kobayashi? No, Toru is thirsty and she wants herself a tall grass a tall glass of Kobayashi, um, which I, which makes for most of, which makes for a lot of comedy in the show. Um, the most constant of which is Toru, instead of washing Miss Kobayashi's clothes, disinfects them in her mouth, <laughs> which is super creepy. There's another whole gag where Toru keeps trying to get Kobayashi to eat part of her tail. Um, which is really screwed up and hilarious because Miss Kobayashi is just very matter-of-factly like, no, fuck you, that's weird, leave me alone. What is this weird meat? Get it off my plate. Let me see your butt. If you have a tail, then it's not your tail. But if you don't, that means your tail is growing back and you're trying to feed me your tail again, you asshole. But basically, the show is just, like, in daily life as, like, Toru and Miss Kobayashi and all of these, and all of Toru's kind of friends and all of Miss Kobayashi's friends, eventually, um, go about daily life. And eventually, you meet Kana. Kana is, like, a baby dragon, essentially, who comes to live with them. And they form this kind of family unit of Toru as kind of the mom, Kobayashi as the dad, and Kana as the like as the child in like a three-person family unit. Uh, this show is just it. It has this quality that is actually another genre of show that lots of people call Iyashke. And Iyashke basically is obviously a Japanese word, but it means kind of soothing, soulful, healing quality to whatever you're watching or doing. And this show utilizes that, but it, it also has a slice of life has a very deeply slice of life comedy bend to it. A uh, show that's kind of purely Iyashke is something like um, Flying Witch, which if you've never seen that, it's available. I'm, I think it's on high. I know it's on High Dive because I'm slowly watching through it on High Dive. But I think you can find it on Crunchyroll. And Flying Witch is basically the a universe in which. Witches are a thing, and the main one of the main the main character, the main focus of the show, is a witch who moves to the country so she can like be a witch and learn how to be a witch. And it it's this ultra low key, just kind of show that is so slow and like 
cheery and gentle and it's almost like meditative in a way. So that's like the, an example of a purely Iyashike show. It, Kobayashi Dragon Maid has some of that. The power just flickered. Oh, great. Um, but for the most part, it's just like slice of life comedy and it it does a good job of being very, 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 very funny and know, and knowing how to be funny and knowing how to pull off not only visual gags, but like written comedy pieces that aren't like pun heavy, which is a pretty common thing for Japanese comedy. And they introduce characters that are either one that are kind of one dimensional, but also they have enough dimensions to them, and they give you enough little hints of what they're about to let you latch on to them and let you like be be attached to them. For instance. Toru is like totally over the moon in love with Miss Kobayashi. But when it comes to most other humans, she could like take him or leave him and she's kind of a shitty asshole. She generally hates humans with the exception of Toru. And she just kind of like, eh, you can go fucking die for all I care. As long as Toru's okay, I'm cool. Um, but... It's um, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty unique show, and they introduce and they introduce things like um, like Toru's one character, Kana is just kind of this like adorable little girl is this is a dragon but she's adorable this in her human form she's this adorable little lowly dragon girl with these big nonsensical like tusk style horns on her head um and eventually you see her going to like you see her going to kindergarten and she makes a friend in kindergarten who is essentially a blossoming lesbian who is like not like like seriously in love with Kana in like a way that is obsessive and creepy <laughs> and Kana just kind of doesn't give a shit <laughs> she just likes this girl as like a person so she'll do things like hug her and this girl I forget this girl's name will freak out and turn red and pass out um there's a there's a scene that has like created this meme of people watching it and then the FBI busting into their houses and um, arresting them because it's like, it is borderline lowly, lowly porn <laughs> bait where Connor and this girl play Twister because of course um, but that's that's usually reserved for like the 
cute jokey moment, not the like, oh, I feel gross. I need to go take a shower. And even the twister scene is not as bad as you think. It's bad, but not. It's not. It's not anything that makes you feel like, oh, somebody might need to go to jail after watching this. It is just like, oh, that might be in poor taste. But it's it's a pretty... And then they... I forget her name. I forget the... Uh, oh, um, they introduced Lukoa. And so... Kana is introduced because she's looking for Toru. And she's like, she's just eventually kind of taken in by Miss Kobayashi and Toru and lives as their, like, basically as their kid. And then at some point you meet Lukoa, who is, I think the kind of dragon she is, is like a, she's an ancient Mayan dragon. Um, and the thing about all these dragons is they are, there is no far, like, version of, like, the Far Eastern snake kind of Shenron-like dragon. They are all traditional Western myth-style dragons, which is interesting because it, A, other than Toru, you don't see any, you don't see most of the dragon people transformed in their dragon forms almost ever but Tori you see um uh, more than a couple times she like transforms and takes Miss Kobayashi home or she'll tra- she'll t- transform to do certain things which is interesting and gives them an opportunity to be like here's what Toru actually looks like she's this giant fucking green lizard with wings um, but they chose, they didn't, they chose not to use, like, East Asian, like, the East Asian depiction of dragons, um, at all, other than the horns on Toru's head, and that's a stylistic choice, mostly for, entirely for aesthetic reasons, but... So you introduce to Lukoa, and Lukoa is in her human form, basically this like thick as fuck, giant titted, slightly oblivious but fucking asshole of a woman. Um, and at first. She just kind of shows up to drink with Toru. But then this little kid, this like this kindergartner, I forget his name, opens the portal to summon demons. And Lukoa is like trying to be protective. It's just like, this kid's gonna summon something that's gonna eat him. So I better go through the portal first so it closes. And like look out for him because that's not cool for the kindergartner to be doing. So she goes through the portal and then for the rest of the show she is like she's attached to this kid who is like 
he's clearly going through like some puberty chemical stuff for the first time in his life and doesn't know how to feel about the fact that this woman, this like voluptuous woman is all up on him with massive boobs and like Lukoa sleeps in the same bed with him but it's not like so it's not sexual but it's not maternal and he has like hilarious nightmares because because of the physical sensation of drowning in her cleavage like I think at one point he he like has a nightmare of being suffocated by giant water balloons and like they zoom out and he's just like grasping at her tits and that makes for a lot of great comedy because he doesn't really know how to deal with any of it but she kind of just it just I find him absolutely adorable and, like, fawns over him and he, like, doesn't know how to deal with it and is vaguely pissed off. It's like, ah, damn it, leave me alone, you titty monster. I think it, I think many times he referred to her as a titty monster. Um, but so the show is, for obviously, from what I've been describing, primarily a comedy show, and like I said, it does... It is one of the funnier things I've seen in a while. I mean, it's it's not like madcap out there, um, Cromarty High School funny, but it has genuinely funny, fucked up, weird like, what if dragon people were in the real world, just doing stuff, thing, but so. Let's rewind a bit for the next character. Next character is actually introduced via a series of phone calls um, when Toru starts being Miss Kobayashi's maid. And the reason Toru wants to be Miss Kobayashi's maid is because she notices that Miss Ko- that Kobayashi is obsessed with maids in like an otaku style way, and. Miss Kobayashi and her coworker, her friend, I forget her friend's name, are like both like obsessive otaku specifically specifically for Kobayashi about maids for the um male coworker friend like about maids among other things. And Toru just kind of had no idea certain times what to do. So she'll pick up the phone and she'll call this dragon she knows named Fastener. And the scene where this guy rings Miss Kobayashi's doorbell and Toru just like, go away, because he's like offering a newspaper that they don't want. And he keeps ringing and Toru calls. Fastener, Fastener picks up, and his instant answer to every problem is, 
burn them, burn them to the ground, kill them, kill them in fire. <laughs> and Toru was like, no, I don't think that's okay. That, that almost explicitly not okay. Fucking weird. I forget. I forget the circumstances that lead Fastener to have to go live with Miss Kobayashi's Kobayashi, like work buddy, with Kobayashi's like friend from work. But basically, he becomes this like lonely, pissed off, shut in otaku, and the way Fastener and Miss Kobayashi's friend like primarily interact is through playing MMO raids all the time for, like, hours on end. <laughs> um, and then Fastener makes money from his side hustle, which is writing really fucked up comics based on actual ancient curses you can do to people. <laughs> and selling, like, no copy that Comic Cat. <laughs> There's a scene where Toru picks one up like, oh, this is pretty instructional and like tells you exactly how to, oh no, oh no. It tells you how to actually curse and murder people. Why are you selling this? Um, but no, the, the whole show is like filled to the brim with great character moments and great little like just quips about about these about the daily life of like living and life with the with these dragon people mostly dragon girls but for the most part dragon people and it's it goes and it goes and it goes and they but every once in a while they'll drop in and they'll they sh in the beginning of the show, they show you a the in the beginning of the show, and kind of I want to say at the midpoint of the show, they make a really clear distinction between Miss Kobayashi's life before Toru came to live with her and after. And before Toru came to live with Miss Kobayashi, she was just kind of like. a person in the world and she was by herself for the majority of the time and it you don't get the sense that she was unhappy but you don't but you also don't get the sense that she was happy and there's a moment in the show where she pauses and she just kind of exhales and appreciates the fact that like there are people around her that she cares about, and there are people that she like wants wants to be with and wants to like live with. And those people generally are on like the small scale Toru and Kana. Like she considers them basically her family. And it it's Uh, the romantic angle between Toru and Kobayashi is never outright stated. There, uh, Toru says, I, all, all but says, I love you, Kobayashi. 
Kobayashi just kind of accepts it and accepts Toru's love to to a point. She does not choose to eat the tail, which I still find hysterical. Um, But she accepts Toru's love for her and she and she reciprocates it. She like they they give each other gifts. Toru and Miss Kobayashi do share a bed. Um but they they function as this kind of family unit. She, like as a family unit in the sense that Toru and Kobayashi are all but a defined couple. Um and also serve as kind of Kana's parents. When they go to Kana's track and field day, um, they go as her parents. Um, when they, like, sign Kana up for school, they all, all of them go shopping for Kana's school supplies in a really adorable um, scene involving lots of hilarious Japanese uses of Japanese stationery. And like marveling at like oh oh they make some adorable paper clips and some adorable little staplers, we we might have a problem. Um, they go as like a family unit, um, and they. I think it's the New Year's episode where they pause, and Miss Kobayashi realizes. Like, last time this year, I spent New Year's by myself drinking. And, like, like, it wasn't... Looking back on it now, it's really lonely. But in in the moment, I didn't feel any any way about it. Um, So it's just this kind of weird... It has these moments where it's a rumination on what it is to make to make new connections in the world in a way that some shows certainly do capture but many shows don't have a focus on like like this does like Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid does but the finale of the show really focuses on it because Toru's parents basically say, no, we found you're living with humans. You can't stay there. You have to come home. And Miss Kobayashi, just, she, she now has, she has a reason to fight for Toru to stay with her because she... She likes the way her life is now, and she wants her life to be different, to, to, to continue to be the way it is now instead of the way it was. She doesn't want to go backwards. And the up until now, Miss Kobayashi, is, Kobayashi has been kind of aloof in a way. Like she, she says things like, don't blow up the house, she sticks to like common sense rules like no I will not eat your tail stop sniffing the laundry you creepy fuck <laughs> which is probably one of the funniest scenes in the show when first she, ta- she tells 
Toru, no, you can't do the laundry with your mouth. That's disgusting and creepy. And stop, like, nose-gathering with my shirt, you weirdo. <laughs> with my work clothes, you weirdo. Um, and there's a, even a scene where she's like, no, you can't put my delicates in your mouth, you creepy weirdo. Um, but she... For the, fir for the first time in the show, you're confronted with, she's confronted with, this could, all of this could go away, you know. And for a period of time in the kind of finale of the show, at least before the uh, two OVA specials, I believe they had, um, one of which was on Crunchyroll and I'll talk about in a second, um you're presented with this thing and it's like uh, you're presented with Toru not being there and Ka and Kana and Miss Kobayashi are by themselves and Miss Kobayashi is basically like becomes the stand and proxy for a single dad trying to like go to work and keep her shit together and like get Kana off to school and all this other stuff. And uh, as well as deal with the fact that, like, oh, Toru isn't here anymore. And she eventually goes and, like, does her best to get Toru back and gets Toru back. And that is kind of the... If... The thing, the thing that separates this from, like, an Iyashke show like Flying Witch. Flying Witch, its main goal is to, like, make you feel good, make you feel happy about the world. It's not... It's, Flying Witch is not trying to teach you about anything. It's not trying to instill, a, like, anything important to you. Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid is it slowly through comedy and through just episode after episode through 12 episodes is showing you the difference between living by yourself and living with people and what value relationships bring into somebody's life which is a really important thing especially now as and what value in-person relationships bring to your life since in the episode for new year's the scene where miss kobayashi gets up and she takes a phone call from her parents and you find out that like miss kobayashi isn't especially close to her mom and dad anymore I think she said she had a sister. And in that moment, you realize before all these people came into her life, she was by herself almost entirely. She, had, she was separated out from everybody. And that's a way lots of people live, but it's that's a really lonely way to live. And sometimes the only way you truly realize that is once you have people in your life and you realize, oh, 
I was by myself for a really long time. But now I have people, and those people are important to me. And the end of this show does a really good job of demonstrating how different those two things are. And once you've truly experienced like all these people in your life, all these people you're connected to, going back to kind of the singular way of living is is many times not okay with you and sometimes near impossible because those connections are important and connections to people are really important. And, I mean, probably the most anti-social member of the cast is Fastner. He's just literal shut-in gaming otaku. <laughs> but even he just kind of like, it's like, he, he is, it, it, because he's so hateful, like, supposedly of people, uh, this kind of cordialness that he shows to people has the effect of showing like, oh no, he cares about people. It's just demonstrated in a really specific, really limited field. And if you're paying attention, you notice he's like, he says goodnight to everybody. He, he cares about those interactions. And it, it's, it's an interesting aspect of a show that is at its heart really a, like a fantastic comedy show to use that framework and be like, it's like, this is the thing you should care about. The, these relationships are important. But at the same time, it doesn't judge, it doesn't cast judgment on people who live by themselves and people who live the kind of life that Kobayashi lived before Toru and her got together, essentially. But it does show you this kind of... It shows you the difference. And it shows you this dark difference. And it shows you the advantages and disadvantages. And the, and the way your life changes once you open it up to other people, you let people in. Um, but then... So I haven't seen the first... I, I don't know which OVA it is, but I know there's two OVAs. I've seen the Valentine's Day one, which came out around Valentine's Day this year. And the show is a beginning of the... Is a, summer 2017 show, so it's really recent, but I saw the Valentine's Day episode and it, the Valentine's Day episode is just kind of awesome, hilarious Valentine's Day shenanigans that ends in a party 
It involves a hot spring and like Valentine and like magical Valentine Day chocolate that's really fucked up and weird. <laughs> and it's it's just kind of like a sweet. It, this is a show that while it will never that why it may never get another season with Abe it would be really easy for Kyoto Animation to make another season to be like here's more Dragon Maid go nuts tons of people asking for that but because it relies so much on its characters and the kind of like world that it's built up with those characters just putting those characters together and having them interact in the way they normally would is enough for, like, certainly me and pretty much anybody who's ever watched this show to come back and be like, yeah, I can spend time watching these characters, like, be together for a half hour and you won't have to ask me twice. I'll just be like, yep, sign me up, let's go. Um... And I think what it would take for them to do another season of this is to find another conflict point that they, that they could meander towards in the way that they meander towards Toru disappearing at the end of um, the... At the end of the, at the end of this twelve episodes, because they have they have to have that like end, like dramatic endpoint, I think, to really make the show as a whole work the way it did um, for the first twelve episodes. And the the world and if they figure that out and they figure out something they want to do in that way, the world the like surrounding parts of the show will certainly help like support it and elevate it and as long as it's written with the same style that they've written it um for the OVAs and the first and the first 12 then like I would be totally cool with another 12 but if if they can't if if it was just like okay here's more episodes of this show being kind of aimlessly cute. That would be fun, but it would... I think it would miss the point. Because what... What I... What... Watching the show and watching the, the Valentine's Day OVA kind of proved kind of drilled into me is the reason why these people, why everybody watching this show, which was a lot of people in the summer, kind of grafted onto it so hard and were like, this, this show is really good, isn't just because, you know, Toru's adorable and, like, it's a Kyoani show and all this stuff and all the, like, ancillary stuff. It's because they gave... Over the 12 episodes, they set up this relationship and they gave you a real feeling of what it's like for that relationship to involuntarily break up and involuntarily become 
null and void for a period of time. And they, they played off of everybody being invested in this and then breaking it in a way that nobody saw really coming. And they, tur- they did a good job of turning all of that, all of the like good, fun feeling into a real meaningful, dramatic moment at the end. And that, and everything up, and all the like misadventures and cuteness that happened up till that point helped them kind of turn the, turn the show into that. And that, that's, re, that's a really important and careful balance that they struck with the show. Um, but... Sorry about that. My headphone fell out. Um, that said, if you're into like the Monster Girl genre, definitely go check this out. If you're into this kind of slice of life fun comedy shows, this is one of the best, I think, bar none. Um, definitely go check it out. It's available subtitled on Crunchyroll, dubbed on Funimation. Um, I know when they dubbed the fun when they did the Funimation dub, they did change some stuff. I'm not entirely sure what. I watched this whole thing the orig- in the original run, um, subtitled. But you can definitely go check it out on either one of those services. I think the whole thing is or almost the whole thing is, or some of it is free on Crunchyroll if you want to check out the first couple episodes and be like, see if this is for you. But um, if it's not for you, maybe you hate teddy bears and rainbows and puppy dogs. I don't know. But um, I would definitely go check it out. It's a great, it's a great comedy show. Um, it's got some really <laughs> incredible gags that go places that you could have never imagined. Um, But that said, if you like this show, be sure to rate it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast app you're in. Um, Be sure to like tell your friends, be like, hey, you like anime, I like anime. There's this weird asshole on the internet who talks about anime once a week. Um, and he's got a podcast, go check him out. Um, and on that note, this weird asshole's name is Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next time.